Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash teacher recharge. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. I'm Fred Kep, and you might think that it's pumpkin spice latte season, but I keep slurping down those iced coffees till I die. Let's get it started! Hello everybody, happy Monday, unless this is your fall break like it is here in Wichita, then happy Tuesday. Either way, either day, doesn't really matter. We have a fantastic, extraordinary guest on the show. It is America's leading reading ambassador, Dr. Danny Brassell. He's a nationally recognized speaker, top-selling author, trainer, and a coach. I believe he's written 11 books. He's going to offer one of those to you today for free. Free. We're going to link that in the description. I guarantee you, you are going to love this interview. It is high energy. It is informative. It's educational. And you know, I had a teacher once that said, if it doesn't hurt you, it doesn't hurt anyone else, and you just might learn something, then why not do it? And I think that is this interview. It is so amazing. Just a little bit about him. For the past two decades, he has served as an educational advisor to students ranging from preschoolers to rocket scientists. He's a recognized authority on leadership development, motivation, and communication skills. Danny has been honored consistently for his strategic intellect and practical solutions. He's a gregarious, sought-after author, speaker, and business consultant, and he's characterized by friends, colleagues, and clients as one of the most insightful, powerful, and compassionate individuals in business today. And I would have to second that. That is, it was, it's an amazing interview. You're going to enjoy every second of it. So why am I still talking about it? Let's just get into it. Enjoy. How is it going, everybody? I have an extremely awesome guest on the show this week. It is Dr. Danny Brassel. Is that how you say your last name, Brassel? Brassel. Don't worry about it, Brassel. Fred. Never, nobody Brassel. ever gets it right. Oh, my goodness. I am so sorry. Brassel. Dr. Danny Brassel, we are extremely excited to have you on the show. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you do, though, real quick, So, just so everyone else kind of hears your take on it. Well, most importantly, Fred, thank you so much for letting me come on to your show. I absolutely love listening to it. Uh, I'm kind of disappointed you didn't use your jazz voice with me. I thought that was great. <laughs> <when you did. laughs> so I've uh, been a teacher administrator for the past uh, 25 years. I began my teaching career in uh, South Central Los Angeles. I then became an administrator, a college professor, and now I I speak all around the world on the importance of getting people to, to read more, read better, and love reading. Most importantly, I am a very devoted husband and proud father to three children. Hey, that's awesome. That is. How old are they? I one in each school. So uh, my oldest daughter is fourteen. She's a freshman at the high school. My son is thirteen. He's a seventh grader, and then my uh, youngest daughter is nine years old. She's in fourth grade. So oh uh, it's a lot of fun. Get the best of every world there. That's awesome. Absolutely. Well, it's fantastic to have you. And the way we usually start out every single interview that we have here is, how do you start your week? When you start a Monday, how do you like, do you have any rituals? What gets you in a great mood for your week? Well, there's two things I do, Fred. Uh, I've 
you're, I mean, you're a soccer coach, and so you understand the importance of coaches. And I've always told people, if you really want to be better at anything, you just depend on yourself, you need coaches. So I've been blessed with lots of wonderful coaches in my life. And uh, two of my coaches are uh, good friends of mine, uh, a father and son, Steve and, and Rob Schallenberger. Steve wrote this New York Times bestselling book called Becoming Your Best. It's uh, a wonderful read. And they gave me actually a really great tip. Uh, they have a, a planner. Uh, a pre-week planner. And so every Sunday night, so before Monday, because I think if you're starting to uh, get ready on Monday, you're already too late, you're behind. And so every Sunday, either afternoon or evening, I go through uh, my pre-week planner and uh, I prioritize uh, what I consider my different apps, my uh, financial priorities for the week, my family priorities, my fun priorities, my faith priorities, and gosh, what's the other? Oh, and my fitness priorities. And I focus on all those, what I'm going to do, and I block out the entire week. As far as a, a morning ritual, I'm in a number of masterminds. One of the masterminds I used to be in, uh, I had a great guy in my mastermind by the name of Hal El Elrod. He has a great book called The Miracle Morning, and he really encourages people to start off their day uh, early in the morning. He says 5 a.m. I'm usually up at 4 a.m. milking the cows. Oh well, he calls it uh, your lifesavers. And so SAVERS is an acronym for 10-minute chunks to start your day. So the S stands for silence, beginning your day in silence. And so I usually begin my day in prayer. Then the A is for affirmation. So uh, really going through, I have a list of positive affirmations to get me in a positive mindset. The V is for visualization. And so I have a, a poster board with all kinds of pictures of things that I want to attract into my life. The E is for exercise, which uh, I usually do some some squats and some push-ups, different things like that to get, me, get the blood flowing. The R is for reading. That's never a problem for me. I read uh, voraciously. And then the S is the one letter he kind of had trouble on. He calls it scripting, which was his fancy way of just starting off the day with journaling. And so I usually journal about uh, how my previous day went and uh, what I want to get accomplished today. That's really cool. I've never actually, I've never heard that. And, and that's so like, it's so specific too. Man, I really enjoy that. And you're the, actually the second, the second interview, actually the third interview in a row where people have told me that they wake up really early, like five or four. And so it just seems to be kind of a, because I also wake up, well, I try and wake up early. Sometimes it doesn't really work out that way, but it just seems to be a characteristic of people that are A, ha happy, B, healthy, and C, successful, which is really awesome just to see that continuity from, from person to person there, which is really cool. You said something there that really struck my interest. You said affirmations and that you had them. Is, is that affirmations for yourself or like, do you write to other people? How, how does that work out? Well, that's a great that you brought it up that way. I actually do a blend of the two. So I have positive thoughts that I'm filling into my own head. So like, let's say when I was a second grade teacher, I'm like, okay, this week, I'm going to make sure that Rogelio has the best week ever. And Kiara is going to uh, feel really good about himself. And I'm going to really encourage him with his reading. I'll, I'll tell myself things like, okay, I, I am going to stay very positive this week. And I'm going to make sure that I get to, I get to work maybe early and I might stay late, but I'm going to leave work at work and make sure that when I'm at home, I'm prioritizing my family. The other thing I'll do is uh, I like to, to practice gratitude by writing a few thank you cards in the morning. Mm -hmm. uh, I always think that if, if you start off the, the day with those types of positive affirmations, it really makes the rest of the day uh, go pretty easily and smoothly. That is so cool. That is amazing to hear. I, I just really, I just, 
I'm really big on the affirmation game. So that, and it's really changed my life, too. A couple of weeks back, I talked about how in soccer, I, I had this thing where I, would, I, I caught myself every time I'd miss or something. I'd say something really mean-hearted to, to myself. Like, I'd be like, oh, you suck. Or like, oh, come on, Fred, you, you're horrible. And so I actually changed that mindset over time. And uh, every time I would say something mean, I'd catch myself and, and follow it up with two positives. And it really kind of transformed the way I play. And uh, so ever since then, it's just kind of been like, I don't know, I'm just really into that kind of stuff. So it's really cool to hear the way you do that. And also another thing that struck my interest there too was you said you have all of these different categories that you have in your life and you kind of on Sunday – it's almost like uh, meal planning for the week, right? Like you, you kind of like, yeah, yeah, you kind of like go through and say, okay, well, these are the things that uh, I, I really want to make a point to to be successful with this week. So that's giving your life some direction, which is really cool. What is something that you do that other teachers don't do? Well, Fred, today, uh, so so now that I work with the university, I uh, work with teachers. So I've observed about eleven thousand teachers in their classrooms and. Uh, so I've seen the gamut, and I learn every time I'm in a classroom. And so earlier today, I was observing a, a fifth grade teacher. And what I kept on asking her and my suggestions for her is, okay, you've given me the vanilla ice cream. Where's the chocolate fudge? Where's the sprinkles? The movie Big, there's this great scene where Tom Hanks is working at a toy company, and he's at this meeting, and they introduce this new toy that's a transformer that turns from a building to a robot and he raises his hand and he asks, well, what's fun about that? And they say, well, we have all these reports and, and things. He's like, yeah, but what's fun about that? I mean, it's a building. That's not interesting. I mean, maybe if it was a bug and it turned into uh, a robot, that'd be kind of cool. And he gets people thinking in a different way. And I see so much of this in education where uh, anybody can teach to the, the textbook uh, this teacher, she actually used a, uh, a lesson after, I mean, it was a pretty dry lesson, and then she sent her students onto their Google Chromebooks to open up the Khan Academy. And so then the next suggestion I said is, well, if that's all you're going to do, why are you here? I mean, yeah. you can actually serve a better function than that. Like, we should be constantly trying to figure out, uh, I always tell people that the best teachers are memorable and engaging and they care. And so I have a speech that's on YouTube about uh, about this. And so uh, it's only a five minute speech. Your your uh, listeners can can check it out. As I always give is my first grade teacher was a woman by the name of Six, Sister Teresa. And uh, one day, Sister Teresa gathered all of us first graders on the reading carpet and she read to us a book. The book was called Millions of Cats by Wanda Gag. It's an old book written in the 1920s, I think, when. Sister Teresa was a teenager, and I'll never forget this book, Fred, because at one point she came to a part in the book where she read to us, hundreds of cats, thousands of cats, millions and billions and trillions of cats, and all of us first graders went, ah, and she freaked us out, and I will never forget this book because of Sister Teresa. Well, many years later, when I became a teacher, Fred, I, I thought about that, and I thought, oh, that was good teaching. She got it to stick. I don't believe in traumatizing children, but I do believe in getting information to stick today, especially to the beginning teachers that are listening there, Fred, is 
have humble goals. I mean, when I first started teaching, my first goal was to have one hour of control. My second goal was to have two hours of control. My third goal was to have two hours of control and actually teach something. Okay, so then I worked my way up to, okay, every day of the week, I want to have at least one awesome lesson that the kids just remember. You know, uh, when I became an administrator, I always loved it when um, teachers would come up to me and say, hey, Danny, I taught 20 standards today. I'm like, really? Let's see how many they remember tomorrow. I mean, I think if you're teaching three things a day, you're doing a great job, they stick. Our job as educators is to get information to stick. And I mean, I've gotten kids to remember a lesson because I wore a silly hat or we sang a rap song or we did the lesson outside. We have to create meaningful experiences. And that's what I think separates me from a lot of teachers. I'm constantly trying to push the envelope is, uh, well, what what can we do to make this so that, I, I, I mean, Fred, I got to confess, I'm, I'm a highly competitive person. I mean, when I became a teacher, I didn't want to be a good teacher. I wanted the school renamed after me. I wanted my <laughs> superintendent statues in my honor. I wanted every other student from my school at my classroom windows with their heads pressed against the windows. Oh my gosh, I wish I was in there. I mean, I want folk songs written about me after I teach a lesson. And so uh, I have a very for myself and uh, that's that's just the way it is and so I mean keep it fun and this is something I really encourage teachers to do I, I mean I know there's all these mandates nowadays there's so much negative energy I was blessed with lots of wonderful mentors in my career and one of the teachers well my favorite mentor I, I, I taught I team taught with a 40-year uh, veteran an African-American woman, woman Mrs. Turner she was from Alabama and she was the one that took me under her wing and she said, uh, Miss Purcell, next time you have negative energy come into this classroom, you do as I do. Go, uh-huh, uh-huh, oh, then you shut the door and do it your way. And she was <laughs> right. I, if I'm going down in flames, I'm doing it my way. I'm going to get these kids all pumped up. And, and, and don't get me wrong, Fred, there's lots of different types of teachers. I think teaching style is very overrated. I'm a very hyperactive teacher. My kids are all over the place. And that works for me. But some of your listeners, they might be very calm, soft-spoken. Well, my policy is if you're not funny, don't tell jokes. You, you need to teach the way that comes naturally to you. And so uh, it really doesn't matter how I teach. What matters is how your different listeners, how they're comfortable. I mean, if, if one of your listeners loves quilting, I would encourage that person to relate everything to quilting. And uh, the kids are going to feel that passion. Uh, and some of us are hyperactive and some of us are disciplinarians and some of us uh, are soft-spoken, loud-spoken. I mean, there's all kinds of different strokes for different folks. And I, th I think the definition of teaching is really the same as the definition of learning, which is there's lots of different ways to get there. Awesome. That is very, very good wisdom there. I'm, I'm, this is such a good – I really appreciate you coming on the show. This is really good stuff. Real quick, oh, though, I you love your podcast. I'm so impressed yeah. with you. I mean, you already have it sponsored by Audible. I mean, gosh, you should be running for president. I really admire <laughs> your audacity. It's great. Yeah, speaking of Audible, we are going to take a really quick break. Thank them, and we will be right back. For you, the listeners of the Teacher Recharge podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. When I bring a guest on the show, I always ask them for a suggestion. So, Dr. Danny Brussel, 
What is your suggestion for those listeners out there? So that's the difficult. That's a difficult question with a person who reads like for a living. I mean, <laughs> they call me America's leading reading ambassador because I have the number one book club online. It's called LazyReaders.com, where every single month I recommend ten book re- recommendations: three or four adult level, three or four young adult level, and three or four children's level books, all under two hundred and fifty pages. So you have something you can read when you're stuck in a faculty meeting or uh, bored in a doctor's office. I am going to refer your listeners to a couple of books. And also, before I forget, Fred, I wanted to uh, to better serve your audience and you. Uh, I'm giving all of your listeners a complimentary copy of my book, Read, Lead, and Succeed. Uh, I'll make sure to send it to you so you can put it on the link so everybody can download it. Uh, they can just go to Read lead and succeed.com and it's a book i wrote it for a principal who didn't know how to engage his faculty so i said okay i'll write you a book and so every week i give you a concept an inspirational quote an inspirational anecdote a book recommendation on a book everybody should read but you're probably too lazy because you're an adult so i also give you a children's picture book recommendation (laughs) so you can read that in five minutes it's the same concept. And so for, for your Audible segment, I'm going to recommend a children's book, and then I'm going to recommend an adult book. And so the children's book is a book called One by Catherine Atoshi. And it's a it's just a lovely book. It's about uh, blue is a happy color. He wasn't uh, uh, shiny and bright like yellow or uh, uh, regal like purple or mellow like green, but pretty much he liked being blue, except when red was around. Red was a hothead. Red would say, red is hot, blue is not. And that would always make blue feel really blue. Uh, yellow would say, hey, I think blue's a really good color, but yellow never said that in front of red. Yellow never stuck up, for, stood up for, for blue in front of red. Well, one day red says, red is hot, blue is not. And one shows up and one says, you can't talk that way to blue. And all of a sudden yellow says, yeah, you can't talk that way to blue. And green and purple and all the other colors say, yeah, you can't talk that way to blue. And all of a sudden red feels bad. They're like, no, no, we don't want you to feel bad. But if you want to hang out with us, we're all going to be nice to one another. And so they all end up together. And then the very last page is sometimes all it takes is one. And it's a great anti-bullying. And it's a book that I honestly leadership of this country is that there people in America have to learn how to be able to disagree with one another without being disagreeable to one another. And uh, that leads into my my adult book recommendation, which I have zillions of different books I could recommend. But one of my passions is reading presidential uh, biographies. And there's a wonderful book called Team of Rivals by Doris Kearns Goodwin, which uh, is just a marvelous read. She's an incredible historian. But this is absolutely a true story of President Lincoln, when he became president of the United States, the first thing he did is he made his, his political rivals. So all the people that ran for president against him, who hated him, who who disparaged him, he made them his cabinet. It's it's not an exaggeration. It would be the equivalent of President Trump naming Hillary Clinton his secretary of state. It's just a remarkable, true story. And it was interesting reading this book because you saw all these guys who hated Lincoln's guts. And by the time President Lincoln was assassinated, all of his cabinet, all of his political rivals were completely inconsolable. They said, we've lost the greatest leader this country has ever known. One, one of my favorite quotes by President Lincoln, which I really wish more Americans would consider on both sides of the aisle, he said, I know the best way to defeat my enemies. I shall make them my friends. I mean, 
Gosh, I really think that people need to fill their mind with much more positive uh, role models like that rather than uh, the tripe that I see out there nowadays. That's one of the reasons I listen to your podcast, Fred, because it's a positive podcast. You're giving all kinds of practice. I find that after I listen to your podcast, I've laughed a little bit. I've learned a little bit, but uh, it's gotten me thinking long after the podcast. And that's why I really appreciate what you're doing to serve your audience. I appreciate that so much. So to download your free audiobook, such as one of the two that he has suggested there, you can just go to audibletrial.com slash teacher recharge. Once again, that is audibletrial.com slash teacher recharge. Go ahead, take advantage of it, yo. I mean, reading's important and it makes it easier when you can just listen to it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Absolutely right. And we are back. I'm in my studio, and where where actually are you? What state are you in currently, Dr. Br- Brussel? I'm in a hotel in uh, California right now. In California, in Cali. Nice. Well, he is here, and it is time for my favorite part of the show. Uh, right after the break, every single episode, we have... Get ready for this. Story time! Bam! I mean that. I mean, I think it just gets better every single time I do it. I don't know. My voice is just. Oh, mm. I'm, I'm making like. Yeah, I, I give you four. Uh, four stars for that. Making those hands that like the Italians. I don't know. Whatever. Anyways, uh, it is story time. It could be funny. It could be uplifting. It could be sad. It could even be boring. But I, I mean, like it's all. It's all you. I mean, whatever you want to do, you have the floor. Give us your story. I'll let you be the judge of which type of story it is, Fred. So um, uh, even though I've spent the majority of my teaching career in South Central Los Angeles in the Compton and Watts area, I did teach third grade in Houston, Texas for a little while. And I had a little boy named Howard, and Howard is still my favorite student of all time. Howard was the son of a Baptist minister, and Howard's father spoke like Martin Luther King Jr., which meant Howard spoke like Martin Luther King Jr. And one day I was reading aloud a book to the kids called Stuart Little by this guy named E.B. White. Write his name down. He's going to be big someday. E.B. White. And so after I read to the kids uh, a chapter or whatever, I always had the kids applaud the author. Uh, One day I had the kids applauding and Deshaun's laughing and he says, man, I like Stuart because he's little. (laughs) And Howard stands up in front of the class and he says, Don't you get it? Don't you get it? We all be little. We all be little. (laughs) We be big someday, like Mr. B. And he pointed at me, and I realized this could lead a revolt. And (laughs) Howard, Fred, is one of my favorite students of all time, and I loved his unbridled enthusiasm. It's what got me out of bed every single day, and I worried to death for Howard because next year he was going to get Miss Hampton. And Miss Hampton was going to misinterpret Howard's enthusiasm as a discipline problem because Miss Hampton is a direct descendant of Darth Vader. And <laughs> Howard taught me a really valuable Here's the lesson. Never give a kid an answer. You're not doing him any favors. Give him a strategy because sooner or later, all of us are going to meet a Miss Hampton. Have we properly prepared our students on how to deal with that type of situation? So I'll let your listeners determine what kind of story that was, but hopefully it has a little bit of everything. <laughs> that is great. Oh my goodness. I feel like there's, it's interesting because uh, me personally, and then I don't I don't know if this is true of you, but I, I have a lot of friends also that are, are speakers as well. And 
a lot of uh, like a common thing that they say is that they always got in trouble. Like I, I got in trouble for talking constantly when I was <laughs> when I was in high school. Didn't mean I wasn't a leader. Didn't mean I wasn't like trying my best to help people. Blah blah blah, all that stuff. But it did mean that teachers were constantly telling me, "Hey Fred, uh, could you quiet down a bit? Could you?" Should be quiet, and it's like now, now I kind of get get paid to do that, which is cool. But like, it's it's like one of those things that I think there's there's a lot of uh, unfortunately there's been a lot of teachers that kind of interpret that uh, as like you said a disciplinary problem, and I don't know. I th- I think I I see a, I know me just being that type of communicator, me going through that in my in my childhood years. Now when I see like for example when I'm coaching my little girls, I have a couple that just constantly talk non-stop. And I I refuse to see that as like a oh, that's a bad thing. In my opinion, that if I can direct that in a place in a way that is going to help my team, like if I can turn their communi- their constant chatter to constant chatter about the game that they're playing and toward helping their teammates, then I've taken their strength and I've made it an even bigger strength for the for the greater good of the team. So I think I don't know. I think that that story definitely had a lot of uh, it had a little bit of everything in it. It was awesome. That was fantastic. Thank you, friend. <laughs> Great job. I'm clapping over here. Woohoo! Um, all right. So the final thing that I like to do here is because uh, we're actually almost out of time here. Uh, real quick, a, a real quick question. I just want to sneak in here at the end. What is something that you have failed at, and what was your solution? Like, what is something that maybe you really failed at? Like, biggest failure you've ever had, and how did you react? So um, I once had a, a student named Jonathan, and Jonathan is one of the most gifted and talented students I've ever had the pleasure of teaching. And one day. I was having a conference with his mother, uh, a single mother, raising him and his older sister, working three jobs. Uh, I've learned that that just because a parent ain't around doesn't mean they don't care. I've worked with intoxicated parents. I've worked with incarcerated parents. But I've actually never worked with a parent that didn't love hearing me tell them great things about their kid. And Jonathan's mother, she she asked me a question I was not prepared to answer, Fred. She said, Mr. Sell, Jonathan looks at you like a daddy. If you were his father what would you recommend that I do? And the word that came out of my mouth was move because her son was gifted and talented and my school district did not have a gifted and talented program. And I knew if he stayed at my school, he was going to get Miss Hampton next year and she was going to destroy this beautiful young man. And I realized if that's what I believe, I need to resign, which I did that year, that day. I mean, I wound up teaching the rest of the year, Fred, but that was it for me in the classroom. And I consider that still to this day my greatest failure. I went into a deep depression for several months. Finally, one day, my mom gave me a pep talk because my mom's a peppy person. Uh, I had taken a position at the university training teachers and principals. And my mom said, don't you see, Danny, don't you see? Now your job is to pump up other educators so they don't quit. You're going to affect a lot more kids this way. And that's why I do what I do for a living, Fred. I mean, if you open up the newspaper or uh, watch the news, they want to blame every single problem on public school teachers. And I would highly encourage any of those critics to do the job that you do so well, Fred, each and every day. Uh, I I would encourage any of those people to do your job for a week and see all the different uh, hats that uh, an educator is forced to wear. I would really love to see uh, people respect uh, educators the way they uh, respect the military. I have a brother 
who's in the Air Force, and I can personally claim that I've had more weapons drawn on me than he's ever had drawn on him in the military. And uh, I like to remind people that the uh, American flag is the American flag. It's not the military flag. And uh, we should hold all of our rights, uh, especially that of free speech. We should behold those rights and celebrate those. Uh, Again, it gets back to what I was talking about with those book recommendations. I, I see a lot of negativity. And that's why really my mission is to bring joy back in education and the workplace to show people how uh, how all of us can really fulfill so much more if we're working together than uh, working against one another. Awesome. That is that. Oh, goodness gracious. What a good show. What a good episode this was. Pat on the back to you. Pat on the back to me. <laughs> Pat on the back to my mom, actually. Uh, she had the pleasure of seeing you in Odessa uh, or Midland. I don't know which one you were actually okay. at because I'm here in Wichita. But uh, she she saw you and she messaged me literally that day and was like, Fred, you've got to reach out to, to this guy. He is He's funny. He's smart. He, he knows what he's talking about. And I am so grateful that she did that. What a wonderful interview this was. Real quick, before we end this, if people want to get a hold of you, if people want to find out more about you, where can they do that at? Well, my website is dannybrussell.com. My last name is really easy to remember how to spell. It's spelled like bras cell. No, I never took any grief over that as a child. Uh, <laughs> but where I'd really encourage you and all of your listeners to go is if they go to readleadandsucceed.com. That way, just type in your name and your email. You'll get a complimentary copy of the book. Plus, once a week for the rest of your life, I will send you one positive message to remind you of your importance as an educator. That is great. And we'll put put links to that in the description. Read, lead. And you said read, lead, and succeed.com? Correct. All right, .com. Sweet. Awesome. Well, and, and like I said, that'll be in the uh, in the description. If you know anyone that would be a good fit for this podcast or you yourself listening would be a good fit for this podcast, go ahead, email me teacherrechargepodcast at gmail.com. Once again, that's teacherrechargepodcast at gmail.com. If you want to figure out a little bit more about my speaking and what I speak about, I speak about the love and success approach to leadership. You can go to my website, fredmotivates.com. I'd love to hear from you. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Dr. Brussel, I mean, this was a great episode. We really appreciate it. And I hope that everyone out there can go out there and be as as energetic and just ready for the week as you are. Thank you so much. Thank you, Fred. And, and please thank your mother. I owe her a libation of her choice the next time I'm in, I'm in uh, Odessa. <laughs> Definitely. Sounds great. Thanks. 